Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. That is Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, Pro Football Talk Live, ProFootballTalk.com. Peacock, great to have him back on the show, and he's brought to you by J.P. Roofing. All right, Mike, tell us uh, what you know about the Arthur Smith hire. Well, look, Art Rooney said it the other day, whether we believe it or not, it's a different thing, but it was all Mike Tomlin's decision. I think Arthur Smith is the guy who, who proved himself well enough in Tennessee to end up becoming the head coach of the Falcons, as we know. Who knows what ultimately happened there, why he took the fall for the Desmond Ritter debacle. I think that Terry Fontenot's fingerprints were on that, too, forever, for whatever reason he stays. But, you know, he, 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 he's got the, the challenge of trying to make something go with an offense that maybe doesn't have the personnel necessary. I didn't get the impression – they're going to go all in with a new quarterback. It's not like he's going to bring Ryan Tannehill from Tennessee, and he helped turn Ryan Tannehill's career around. So, you know, it's a breath of fresh air. It's a new approach, but still is going to be Steeler football. You know, it's not like they were going to do anything dramatically different from what they're doing. It's Steeler football. you got to make the most of what you have. And I don't get the impression that what they have next year is going to be all that much different than what they had in 2023. Mike, your understanding was Arthur Smith in demand for other offensive coordinator jobs. Did he have other options out there, teams that wanted to hire him for the same position? I think I saw at some point there were six, seven different teams looking at him. And it's just weird. I told my writers the other day, it's like a soap opera where everybody in town ends up sleeping with everybody else in town at some point, the way these offensive coordinators are moving around. It's just so weird. Ken Dorsey fired by one team, hired by another. This guy fired by one team, hired by another. I mean, and it's coordinator, it's lateral, it's not coach, and then you take a step down like Arthur Smith. So I assume he would have other opportunities. I see the names of some of these guys who are interviewing him, like in Tampa Bay. It's like, who the hell is that? Like, where are these people coming from? Maybe that is why that Ken Dorsey lands on his feet. There just aren't enough great coordinators to choose from. So I don't know that they were lining up out the door, but, you know, it's a guy who has proven he can do the job well enough to become a head coach, but not the job of head coach well enough to continue to be the head coach. And that's kind of how it goes sometimes for great coordinators. You get a chance to do it at the next level, and if it doesn't work, you go back to the spot that got you in position to be a head coach in the first place. Mike Florio with us. Mike, what's your theory or what's your educated opinion on why they only talked to three guys? They didn't wait for Enemy to become available, even though Tomlin is – gone on record as saying the guy's gotten a raw deal. He deserves to be a head coach. Uh, they didn't do any kind of meeting with Kubiak, no one from the Shanahan coaching tree, uh, even though Mike has a connection to some of those guys. Why only three when you're trying to make a pivotal hire? Well, they got the guy they wanted. They got the guy they thought they needed. I don't know that the enemy would work without offense. And I don't know what the enemy's ultimately going to do. He now is in play to be the head coach of the commanders with Ben Johnson deciding to stay in Detroit, you know, sometimes you start looking at people and you decide you're getting the guy that you want and that's the guy that fits. And that's the guy that we're going to give it a try with. And 
and and uh, and off we go. So, you know, Mike Tomlin will have his reasons for making that hire. I don't know when we'll hear from him next. Probably not until the scouting combine. I assume. You know, and he he skips that press conference sometimes too. Not everybody does it. It's not mandatory. So who knows when we're going to hear from him next? But he'll have a chance to explain why why it was Arthur Smith and why there wasn't a long list of candidates he considered. Mike, Arthur Smith has, as you pointed out, had his greatest success as a coordinator with teams that ran the ball to set up the pass. They were definitely run-heavy teams. Derrick Henry had a 2,000-yard season. You follow the entire NFL. You take stock of trends. Can a team win big with the run as their offensive focus? The only way that it makes a benefit for a team is if every other team is focused on the pass so they're not ready to defend a team that does it the way a run-heavy team does it. And this is Steeler football. I mean, that's what it comes back to. We're not going to see a dramatic change in the way the Steelers do things. They're not going to move on from Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph, and they're going to run the ball. And they're just going to try to do more of what they were doing late in the season as opposed to early in the season. A certain amount of creativity, but they're just not going to go crazy. It's not going to be throw the ball all over the place. It's not going to be, you know, what we see other teams do. It's Steeler football, and the Steelers win playing Steeler football. Have they won enough? Well, not in the opinion of Art Rooney if we're talking about postseason. That was the one big takeaway that a lot of people had from what he said the other day. It's time to win some playoff games. And we'll see if this is enough of a difference. So I was going to say, know, so, why, so why then keep doing the same thing then? <laughs> you know, I mean, why? Well, I why? know, but I, well, but that's kind of that's that's what the organization is. No sudden moves, no big changes. We keep doing what we do, and we try to get better at it. And but that uh, sounds more like know, an indictment these days than than a laudatory statement about them. If you just judge it by the results, Mike. Well, I, I don't disagree with that, but they aren't going to change until they have to change. And it, it's easy to keep the same coach and have three of them since 1969 when you're competitive more often than not. And, you know, one, one, of, the, one of the basic realities of being a football fan, it's damn hard to get to the very top of the mountain. And I think some teams are just content to get close to it, and if it all falls together, so be it. But we'd rather feel like we're competitive every year and we're never going to throw ourselves completely off kilter in the pursuit of winning it one year that we jeopardize other years. So we try to stay within a certain range. And it's been a long time, not you know, not as long as other teams, and there's teams out there that would love to have the number of Super Bowl trophies the Steelers have. But, you know, yeah, it's not the kind of thing that's going to make people say, oh, wow all of a sudden the Steelers are going to be on the short list of Super Bowl contenders for 2024. But we know that those are the years when Steelers tend to surprise people, the years that nobody expects anything. But I don't think we're going to have high expectations going into this year because it really doesn't feel like it's going to be much different than it was this year. Mike, uh, do you think that this offensive coordinator change um, is a move that is designed to make Kenny Pickett a much better player? Or do you think this is a move that even goes beyond Kenny Pickett? Like, for example, when they hired Matt Canada, that was a move that was for life after Ben. It was beyond him. It was thinking about their offense once Ben was done. Do you think that this hire was uh, a focus on Kenny Pickett? Or do you think it might even tacitly be saying, we got to prepare for the fact that this guy might not be our quarterback long term? I think it's just 
getting the most out of the offense that they can. I, I think that, you know, there's enough of an acknowledgement that Pickett isn't the clear-cut guy. It's not like they're immediately reinstalling him as the starter, and off we go. He's going to have to earn it. And there's no reason to move on from him if you think he can play at an acceptable level because that first contract that you get as a mid-to-low first-round pick, you're not talking about a huge investment of salary in 2024 and 2025. A backup quarterback, a veteran backup quarterback, is going to cost you more than what it costs to have Kenny Pickett the next couple of years. So this is just, in my view, offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if Kenny Pickett earns the job, so be it. He's going to have a fair chance to. But this is about getting the most out of the offense and and being as complimentary as possible with a team that that has an identity of defense first. Mike, last one. Um, there's already speculation here that the Steelers will uh, replace Mason Rudolph with Ryan Tannehill, and he will be the second quarterback on the roster. If that comes to fruition, knowing what you know about both quarterbacks, do you think that Tannehill will usurp the job from Pickett the same way Rudolph did? I think Tannehill's better than the other two options right now if he's healthy. And people act like he's been around forever. He was drafted eighth overall in 2012, the same year Kirk Cousins was drafted, same year Russell Wilson was drafted. Health is the key, though. He's played well when healthy, but he has a hard time staying healthy because he plays with a certain amount of disregard to whether or not he stays healthy. But Arthur Smith helped make him the comeback player of the year in 2019. They ended up beating the Ravens in Baltimore when the Ravens were the one seed in the postseason that year. They made it to the AFC Championship. They were up 10 points two different times in the first half against the Chiefs that year. So, yeah, if they would bring in Tannehill, I think it would be his job to lose at that point. The only thing with Mason Rudolph, and, I, you know, I could see all three of them. I don't know that they're going to bring in Tannehill, though. I don't know that they're going to put a lot of money into the position, and I don't know who else out there is going to be bidding for Tannehill. But one thing we saw this year – there aren't enough quarterbacks to go around. And Tannehill has proven he can still play. And I think the Steelers could, if they're already committed to Pickett and Rudolph, they could do a hell of a lot worse to have Tannehill as the other guy who comes in if he gets a fair shot to compete with the first two. There you go. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Check him out. Mike, we'll talk again next week. Thank you. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.